Hello, Blackhawks fans. Welcome in. We are having some victory beers here on the Fort Feathers postgame show. Johnny Nani along with Tony Marchese breaking down a wild Blackhawks 5-4 overtime winner over the Nashville Predators. Tony, initial reaction, how are we feeling right now? Well, fuck the Predators. First off, Johnny, I fucking hate that team. I'm so happy with this victory tonight. They didn't deserve it. They've got the job done. They needed this one. I'm happy. We're having victory beers. There's nothing fucking better. Yeah, they did not deserve it one bit. We'll get into why that was the case. Uh, Just a wild, wild string of events that went down in this one. Uh, We were so down in the dumps at one point. uh, And then the elation upon the overtime winner was incredible. So um, before we get in and break everything down, make sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Four Feathers Pod and at ontapsportsnet. If you enjoy the podcast go subscribe rate and review wherever you prefer to listen you'll get these shows right in your queue because we're doing it live right now but uh, we also do post them in podcast forms you get them uh, right there if you subscribe and have that queued up there so tony i'm uh, breaking into this one absolute must win for the blackhawks tonight uh, we had talked about it on monday night's post game show when you me and ron were all on here and uh it was crucial and it looked like we, they were going to slip and this is going to be a funeral episode uh but that was not the case tonight yeah, Johnny, we uh, we met up for lunch earlier today, and you talked about wearing black for the funeral. Uh, that's what I was expecting tonight. Uh, obviously, this team hasn't been able to beat the Nashville Predators up until tonight. It took overtime to get the job done. But, I mean, very early on, Johnny, the signs were that of a team that was about to roll over and die. Yeah, no, absolutely. It seriously looked like that um, early. And, you know, there, there was a little bit of life early, but then a middle stretch that was just horrid and also embarrassing beyond just, you know, bad play on the ice, uh, embarrassing things happening to the Blackhawks. So uh, we, we'll get into all of that here as we break in. But a little setup from this game, uh, lineup notes. Uh, Adam Gaudet and Dylan Strom uh, both scratched tonight. They were in on Monday night down in Nashville. Uh, Adam Boquist returns the lineup after dealing with uh, concussion-like symptoms. Uh, he was in the protocol, but luckily that wasn't too uh, lingering for him uh, because he could have lost him for a longer stretch of time, most definitely. So um, he, he was back in the lineup, and they elected to go with 11 forward 7D, like I mentioned. Um, and it was a good thing they did because Kelvin DeHaan would exit uh, after the first period in this one. We had Malcolm Subban in net. Uh, I think a little bit of a, you know, initially maybe you thought uh, this is a game too late for it, uh, especially considering a shutout in Detroit. But what, what was your thoughts on uh, going to Subban here? You know, it, Malcolm Subban's come up with a few big games for this team uh, this year, Johnny, and I'm I'm actually not surprised just with the way that Kevin Lykanen's been playing uh, over the longer course of uh, the past few weeks here. It hasn't been the same Kevin Lykanen that was carrying this team early in the season. Um, I think that uh, we said it early on this year. Uh, it's great to see Kevin Lykanen playing at, a, at an elite level, uh, but this is a long haul for a guy that had not been in the NHL before. So there were going to be times where he was going to go a little bit cold. Um, perfect time for Malcolm Subban to step up. I know that's not exactly the sexiest option mm-hmm. going with Malcolm Subban, but Uh, He's a guy that has some experience uh, in the net uh, at the NHL level going through this longer period stretches of time. uh, He's just been around longer. I think this was the perfect game to kind of throw him out there. Uh, It worked. I mean, that's that's the end result. It worked. Um, Again, it wasn't the sexiest option. Uh, You could argue that Kevin Lankinen was going to get the job done just as well as Subban would have tonight. Uh, but that didn't matter. I mean, this one was going to be on uh, goal scores anyway. You need to put pucks in the net in order to beat this team. Um, so uh, not too much there on the goalie situation, uh, but that's 
that's just my feeling on it. I, I, I had a feeling we were going to see him over Lycanon. Yeah, no, I did as well, especially uh, with the result on Monday. I think if you win Monday night's game, it's a little bit different and you kind of ride the hot hand, that sort of deal, because, you know, you just think about how heavily they've been uh, on Lycanon leading up to this too. And Subban, you know, getting, they said, oh, they planned it 10 days in advance or whatever the hell it was for Saturday night's game in Detroit. But either way, I think it was the right call um, just considering uh, the result on Monday night. So let's break into some of the action here. In the first period, um, we had a shot from Wyatt Kellynuck that looked like it was going to go in the back of the net. And then Connolly uh, was trying to redirect it out in front um, and he got a stick up in there and blocked it uh, and it ultimately did not go in the net. So uh, Kalanick had uh, Saros beat up top on that one, but it didn't go in. Unfortunate break for the Blackhawks, but they would get on the board thanks to a very nice forecheck from Vinny Hinnestroza on a former Norris Trophy winner in Roman Yossi. Uh, he really pressures him uh, along as he's trying to skate out of his own zone, uh, forces the turnover as he reaches the blue line, and Brandon Hagel picks up the loose chains, fires it over to uh, Mr. Pia Suter, who buries it five hole, and we got a 1-0 Hawks lead here. First, first time in the night that we're talking about Brandon Hagel. I mean, I think we should have a tally board up somewhere on the screen because his name's going to come up over and over and over again, Johnny. Um, you know, this was this was the guy that we talked about last night that this team was missing, already uh, making an impact in the first. Um, he's God, he's just be quickly becoming one of my favorite players. I, I think it's very widespread across Chicago. He's one of those guys you can love. Why did we latch on to Andrew Shaw uh, in his early days? You know, it, it was because of that tenacity that he played with. And uh, Hagel even has a little bit, you know, at least we'll get to why. Uh, looks like he has even more uh, hands. And, you know, Shaw's are usually kind of greasy and gutty. But Hagel has shown an ability to both pass the puck and snipe the puck a little bit. So, obviously, here, um, collecting that turnover. And I need to give Vinny Hinnestros a credit as well uh, because he utilized his speed to keep up with the speed of defenseman in Roman Yossi uh, to generate that turnover. So at this point, Blackhawks up 1-0. That goal was scored 4-14 mark uh, in the first period here. Um, and then after that, uh, the Blackhawks started to get a little bit of better traffic to the net um, after in a few shifts after that. But then it would slow, not excuse me, not slowly. It would drop off the table. Uh, Nashville would get back to their kind of trap, keep it to the outside game. Uh, and it started looking bad here uh, as we rolled down through the end of the uh, period. Um, Ellis took a holding penalty on Hinnestroza at the 11:29 mark. Uh, Blackhawks got a couple okay looks, no conversion on that though. Uh, and then Nashville would even the score when Arvidsson drives wide on Connor Murphy. Uh, Stillman, uh, he, so it was Arvidsson went around the back of the net and Stillman uh, lost his position out front and uh, that left Tolvanen wide open in the slot to bury it five pull one one here. Uh, this is the start of a very rough night for Connor Murphy. Yeah, it was, Johnny, and that's not the kind of guy that you want to see have a rough night. I think we've talked about it on this show over and over again, how important he is uh, to this decor. Um, and just just a rough night all around for Connor Murphy. This one kind of gets away from him. You know, puck winds up in the back of the net, Johnny. Nothing uh, nothing that you like to see there. Yeah, I'll put a little bit more of the onus on Riley Stillman there because in in the essence, uh, Murphy did kind of do a little bit of his job by keeping a speedy guy in Arvidsson out to the outside um, and force him to go behind the net. But when that happens, uh, you need to have your D partner covering along with you there. And obviously Stillman lost his man there. So either way that puts this game at a tie uh, and we would go into the uh, locker room here. And that's when we got the news that Calvin DeHaan would be out. So uh, a little bit of uh, kind of, uh, you know, 40 chest by Jeremy Colladin here, maybe knowing, uh, especially since they've had defensemen go down in the past couple of games uh, that that could be an issue, especially with the hip 
three-pointer issue that Calvin Hahn is dealing with, and that is what set him out here. So uh, Blackhawks do a normal uh, 60, but still down one forward then, obviously, because of the lineup construction tonight as we go into the second. And the second period, the best word I can use to describe this, Tony, is an absolute shit show. I don't know about you. Shit shows is a term you can use, train wreck, whatever whatever you want to describe uh, one of the worst periods of hockey that uh, I've watched this team play. Uh, then again, uh, the, there's been some really, really bad ones. This one, I think, just hurts more because of the implications uh, that uh, surrounded this game and, and the loss that uh, you're coming off the heels of to, again, the Nashville Predators. Uh, you wanted this team when it was 1-1, Johnny, to – you know, come out in the second period, put up a fight, uh, show that energy and just show that you care. You know, I'm going to sum up this entire period. It was just lack of effort all around. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was that same story that we've seen over and over and over again with this team. It feels like, especially against the Nashville Predators this year, this one just felt like it was getting out of hand quicker and quicker as the period went on. And the Blackhawks have had some lifeless periods uh, throughout the season in various games. And some of those are just due to playing really high caliber opponents and like the teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we've seen that there. But for whatever reason, you know, you look at the record coming into tonight, it was 04 and 2. Blackhawks were head to head against Nashville. So they just kind of have your number. And the system that they play really forces you to the outside when you're talking, you know, uh, on the night at five on five. Blackhawks only generating eight high danger chances. And to get those you need to get into the middle of the ice area uh so obviously nashville still doing an effective job of keeping the blackhawks to the outside and that is pretty much uh what happened for the most part in this period the blackhawks were able to generate four of those high danger chances in the middle frame uh but the preds got six so they were imposing their will at the other end uh, and those resulted in two goals first one was from uh, colton sissons he gets behind murphy so just piling on the bad night murphy's had this is only be part of the start of it um and that made it two to one preds there um and it was a tough play because this would have been a high stick into the zone but Murphy had touched it and kind of shoveled it over to Sissons here. I mean, sometimes it's like Murphy's law. Everything that can go wrong will. I love and that. It's, it's, it's actually, it, you know it, what? I need to stop myself before I go any further. <laughs> I said Murphy's law just because that's a saying. I didn't even put two and two together. That it was for Connor Murphy here. It really you was just, Murphy's law for him tonight. You, you had me right there, and I thought that that was intended, and I'm looking at the show notes, and it wasn't. Uh, you know, it's, it's so often it happens. There you go, but – um, yeah, that, that play was just ugly. I, I think, you know, everybody, as you're, as you're watching this, you're like, please do not fucking touch that puck. And they're watching the replay go on and you just see the stick just barely touch that thing. And and he's away and, and buries one over the, over the shoulder of Subban. And, ah, man, that that's where things started to feel really ugly. I think I cracked maybe like two beers at that point in time and slammed a Red Bull because I knew this was going to be a long night. When we're going now, it wouldn't be the end of this because uh, Nashville would get on the board with less than a tick remaining uh, in the second period here. Um, and, you know, I'll give the Blackhawks a little bit of credit because they were trying to generate a little scrum around the net, maybe even this thing up before uh, heading into the locker room for second intermission. But T.S. Eckholm would carry the puck the other way. Uh, and he's a very heavy defenseman. He, he scored, a, you know, kind of a breakaway goal uh, getting behind people as a defenseman uh, on Monday night. Uh, but he does this, and this time it's a setup uh, for his teammate, um, Mikhail Granlund, who does a nice toe drag around Murphy, that name again, Murphy coming up here, uh, toe drags around him either way, buries one top shelf past Malcolm Subban makes it 3-1 with 0.7 seconds left on the clock. Tony, 
goals in the last minute, especially in the last second of a period, are absolute daggers. So this felt really out of, uh, you know, out of sorts here for the Blackhawks. Yeah, we've had this one happen once before. I think I called it like a Chell goal because it feels like every single time you're playing NHL, that just the the chances of scoring on something ridiculous uh, in that last minute is just so much exponentially larger. I don't know what it is. There's something about hockey, and you're right. Those goals, they just carry so much more weight, Johnny. I don't, I don't know, but as I'm watching that play develop, you just felt it coming. I, I don't know about you. I just felt it coming as soon as he hesitated there, a little bit of that weight with that toe drag. I'm like, this thing's going in the back of the fucking net, and it, of course it did. And You know, you just bury your head. Uh, as, as the team walks off the ice, that was that was not a good feeling. Yeah, I think it's, you know, they mean, and it maybe kind of feel, you, you feel it more because that's what you have to sulk over for the next, you know, 18 minutes, how, how long the intermission is while you're sitting in the locker room, uh, especially uh, making that a two-goal deficit instead of one. So let's move into the third period where, uh, you know, it started off just looking like a continuation of what most of this game was. Uh, and that would be, you know, 58 seconds in, uh, Connor Murphy loses his helmet. So, yeah, we got to pull this up here. The Murphy wardrobe failure rivaled Janet Jackson's at the Super Bowl. So uh, thank you, Mildish Branzino, for commenting that here uh, because that is exactly what it did. Uh, you know, he, he lost his helmet in a previous game, just exited the ice, and it eventually uh, cost the Blackhawks a goal. Uh, in this one, he tries to do the thing where he puts it back on and stays in the play. Well, guess what? The chin strap is over his eyes, uh, just negates any chance that he has at covering the middle of the ice. Duncan Keith has to go out wide to pressure the puck, uh, and then it gets uh, to Coonan in front uh, on a backdoor feed and makes it 4-1 here, Tony. I was already planning the funeral here. Uh, like we were, we were getting the route going here. Yeah, we were, and I, I think that uh, at that point in time, Johnny, like – all hopes lost. You know, you're, you're down. Uh, this team's on the, on its last legs as it is, uh, especially when you're talking about a, a potential playoff run. Uh, this was do or die time for the Blackhawks. You know, I just felt like, you know, this was the encapsulation of just the Preds have your number. And granted, the Blackhawks didn't do much before this to instill much confidence outside of the first goal uh, by Suter. Even that was off of a turnover, though. So it was just kind of the, oh, they're going to keep us to the outside and they're going to impose their will wherever they want uh, in the offensive zone. But the tide would turn after this. Um, we got Patrick Kane taking advantage of Roman Yossi, who's a little bit stung, uh, I think, uh, by a shot. So he, he was hobbling a little bit with his leg, uh, not his usual mobile self getting over to the backside to cover. Kane takes advantage of that, puts a perfect pass uh, over to Wyatt Kalinick back door, who, uh, you know, n- nice job by the youngster, pinching in there as a defenseman, knowing that the Blackhawks need goals and need him now, uh, goes back door, buries that thing uh, past UC Saros. Uh, 4-2 game here. Even then, I put out the little Bill Nye, like, sarcastic celebration gift where he throws out the confetti and blows the you know uh, streamer and uh that's what it felt like at this point but little did we know this would be the start of a miracle on madison yeah i mean this is man i'm just getting excited uh thinking about breaking this thing down as we as we get you know closer and closer to the overtime johnny but man dude like you needed to come up with a goal here you had to At, at some point um obviously uh, as that play is starting to develop, as the Hawks are about to get themselves their second tally, you've got Eddie Olchek talking about how this team needs to just kind of go to work, get one goal um, in the five-on-five, five, think about getting a power play, uh, and then you're, you're right back in there, and things just start to uh, develop in the Hawks' favor. There's a penalty right before that. You don't want, you don't want to see the Hawks go into the box. Things were feeling really low, and then you start to, you start to see these tallies just come – in, in a bunch here for the Hawks. 
Yeah, so that uh, Kalinuk goal came just over the halfway mark of the period at 10.04 to be exact. Um, it would be just over a little bit uh, a little bit over a minute later uh, that Vinny Hinnestroza would find the back of the net, um, and that was him and Doc generating a nice rush. Uh, good to see Vinny Hinnestroza's speed uh, on full display here. Uh, Hinnestroza able to bury it, Doc and Zadorov with the assist. Hey, Tony, this is my pick to or excuse me, my stick to click, uh, and Vinny Hinnestroza getting one done here tonight. Yeah, you called that one, Johnny. You're you're uh, Nostra Nani. Uh, it's still still working there. Um, I, I I love it, and you know, hometown kid uh, coming up big for for that. And yeah, the the Kirby Doc Apple on that play, man. Like that is just such a consistent way to score when you when you draw that defender out, go cross ice like that. That that's just easy stuff. You saw the Nashville Predators uh, pulling that out on the on the Blackhawks numerous times. Uh, over the course of this year, and a lot of teams pulling that out. Um, good to see them go to that. Man, Kirby Doc, just the control with the puck, the way he skates, his size, his speed. Um, it, you, you say it all the time. You can't teach size. Uh, just a big body moving in down there into the slot, getting into the dirty areas, and you have a guy coming across like that. That's just, like I said, man, easy money, and I love the fact that the Hawks went to that right there uh, to generate some offense. Yeah, and it's big for momentum, too, talking about the timing. I said a little bit over a minute left, uh, excuse me, a minute after uh, that uh, initial tally in the third period that they had. Uh, so that just helps you build confidence and momentum uh, as a club there. So uh, good to see that. And, you know, like we were talking about Doc there, uh, yeah, can't teach size, big frame. I uh, mean, you're going to have more to protect the puck with. So uh, at times when he gets it on one hand, it's been Marion Hosa-esque. Uh, this one, not necessarily, but either way, like you said, drawing the defender and feeding then to Vinny Hinnestroza for this to make it four to three at this point so uh blackhawks wouldn't be done there uh only a little bit over two minutes later uh or excuse me a little bit less than two minutes later we got dominic kubalik uh nice uh you know control by suitor he had a, a, earlier in the game a couple of rough turnovers and then you know he had an okay like takeaway to kind of like negate one of them but it's like yeah this might not be his best night despite the goal uh when you're just talking about getting worn down by nashville a little bit but hey he's able to control behind the net have the vision from gretzky's office uh feeds kubalik in the slide who goes down to the one knee Barry's this thing, not an absolute crank uh, like we're so you accustomed to, but uh, I feel like that's a little bit more reserved for the power player when he's out wide. But good to see him get into the slot uh, because, you know, like I said, Nashville does typically a very good job of keeping us to the outside. Just kind of crank it. I don't know. One knee crank it. Just what half is it? Crank it. Just, yeah, just half crank it. But either way, you love seeing Dominic Kubelik get on, on the board here. Uh, he was one of the names that I talked about uh, on the last postgame show. Johnny, you wanted to see it. You wanted to see Kane get involved. You wanted to see Kubelik get involved when the team needs it. Uh, comes up with a big goal. Obviously, if uh, if this play doesn't develop, we're not talking about an old team winner right here. This one was the most important of the three uh, to get us back right there. Yeah, and this is kind of the moment for, I think, both the fan base and for the team. Like, you believe, like, yes, this can absolutely happen because – before you're still, you know, coming back. Those other ones are making it four, two, four, three. Uh, this one ties it up. Obviously, the equalizer uh, goal by Kubalik here. So, um, further building on the confidence, especially in the kind of flurry in which you scored there. Um, and then as a fan base too, everyone's like, hold the phone, wait, hold up. We thought this thing was over, me included. Uh, absolutely. You know, we're, like I said, we were making funeral plans before, uh, but now, uh, no, it's like you got new life and they were able to weather out the rest of this thing. Um, and go into an overtime period. First time Blackhawks have gotten a point against the Nashville Predators, Tony, since January 27th in the first series of the year that we played second game of that two game set down in Nashville. So I uh, couldn't get one there, unfortunately, 
you give the Predators a point here too. But hey, I, I would rather just have the win two points for us and still uh, give them one there uh, anyway. And that's obviously what needed to happen tonight. Yep. Three three minutes into the overtime period, Tony, uh, Vinny Hinnestroza enters, uh, has some nice control with the puck, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a Eludes a couple Nashville sticks uh, reaching for it, and he finds Brandon Hagel, who, who gets some space out on the left wing through the circle, comes in and just buries one top shelf on Soros. This is the book on UC Soros. Go top shelf because he's going to go down early and expose that, and Brandon Hagel took full advantage. You know, I love seeing this because one thing that in Brandon Hagel's game, Johnny, that we have not uh, seen enough of is the finish, and, and the finish came – tonight in the time where it, it need, we needed it the most. Um, and like we said earlier, Brandon Hagel becoming one of the fan favorites in Chicago. I think that that's, you know, something that's been building all year and just continues to grow. Uh, I think getting that one for this kid is, is so important because uh, just the confidence that he's going to have after potting that one, man, like I, I, I want to see him start scoring in bunches. I'd like to see him be, you know, 15 to 20 goal score. I don't know if that's ever really going to be, you know, his consistent game, but he's got the hands, he's got the hands to do it. Uh, unfortunately um, for him, it just, it seems like he's just missing by that much every single time you knew it was going to get come one eventually. And here it was tonight in, in just the biggest of situations, uh, I, I love it for this kid, dude. So when we're talking about Brandon Hankel, sure, the numbers may never get to that point to where it's like, you know, uh, consistent like over that. But I, I like the opportunistic style with which he plays uh, yeah. because this one, you know, this is obviously an overtime winner that he buries here, uh, gives the Hawks a huge win. So it's big for the team, uh, but big for him individually, too, because that is a second overtime winner in a span of like, what, two weeks here. Uh, he had one in the Columbus series as well. Uh, a nice kind of uh, young guns play on that one uh, back when the Hawks swept Columbus out there in Ohio. So uh, good to see it come at, at timely, uh, you know, uh, junctures in the game, uh, especially no bigger than overtime here uh, for him potting uh, the game winner. So uh, overall from this one, uh, obviously there's a lot to like uh, from the pushback at the third. Uh, but I think uh, this is still, we go back to what we said in kind of our intro initial thoughts, a game, the Blackhawks absolutely did not deserve to win and they need to play much more structured and, you know, dial up the heat like they did in the third period from the get-go on uh, excuse me, on Friday night uh, when these two teams meet again. But let's wrap up this one and get a cool and tough player of the game. I think I know who it's going to be for you, but I got one uh, that I'll throw in as well that will be different. Uh, you know what, Johnny? Uh, you you got to go first now, man. I'm, 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 still, I'm still trying to think of it. Still I'm trying to think of it. I'm going with Malcolm Subban because it's easy to go up front and think, think of any of these goal scorers and what they did. And Vinny Henestrosa could be one here. I think I was assuming you'd go Brandon Hagel, but hey, that's that's where bad. I want to go. That's where I want to go with it. They dude, absolutely go for it after this. But I'm going to go with Malcolm Subban because yes, sure you do lot up four goals here, but there were some big sequences that could have resulted in this thing getting even uglier than it did uh, when we got to the four one mark there. So uh, he still faced uh, 39, uh, excuse me, 40 shots overall. Uh, one on the power play so was, uh, getting that 39 even uh, strength shots um I i'll give it to him just because that's hard stepping into a situation like that um when he you know has been second to kevin lankanen all, all ever since it was established that lankanen was your number one guy uh it, it's not easy to come off and put a, a good ballsy performance like that um when a goaltender needs repetition uh, to really get in like the rhythm so uh, i'll give it to malcolm suban uh give me a little more hagel praise here i need it 
Yeah, I, I need to go with Hagel, man, because he he showed up in in a few different moments here tonight that were so important to this game. Uh, obviously, you've got the the OT winner, but you've also got uh, the assist earlier. I'm just looking at his stat sheet right now, and I, I've got to I've got to go back here to the uh, to the actual stats on the night for Brandon Hagel. But man, he he two assists for Hagel, three points on the night, plus two. Uh, he, he did take some faceoffs. He was 100 on the faceoff circle. I don't know if that was one or two. 17 minutes on the 17 minutes, 44 seconds on the ice for him tonight. He's stepping up in big time minutes, Johnny, for a team that you know going into this year we weren't sitting here saying Brandon Hagel is going to be an impact player, and you know he's started to come out and just completely uh, shape the fan base into being Brandon Hagel fans, and I fucking love it. I love every single second of it, Johnny. He just when he's on the ice. Things seem to happen. They don't always finish, but he's putting himself and this team in positions to score goals, and he's doing the right things, goes to the dirty areas. We could say this all the fucking time. He's an absolute warrior, and I love his style of hockey. Going Brandon Hagel every single time almost, yeah. it feels like. Yeah, and I, I know there were uh, you know some nice plays that did score up, uh, excuse me, that did show up on the score sheet here tonight, but uh, a lot of it is stuff that you just can't you know put in numbers. You, you can't put into metrics, uh, just the, the drive, the heart, uh, the willingness to go to the areas and throw the body around a little bit recklessly, uh, which you know you need against a team that's going to be pests uh, like the Nashville Predators are. So um, th- that wraps up this one, a complete, you know, like I said, miracle on Madison is what we're calling this one. Uh, Blackhawks had no business winning this game but they do find a way to uh, come back win this one and also keep uh, themselves in the hunt here because when we're looking at standings after this one now yes the Blackhawks do still sit in sixth place due to Dallas Stars victory over the Detroit Red Wings last night Uh, but they've got 49 points um, and Nashville still in the fourth spot after they get the one tonight they have 52 and Dallas uh, with the 50 points like after that win that I just talked about there um, in fifth place so I mean I mean it's going to go down to the wire here uh but that brings us to a game on friday that they gotta have once again we talked about last or excuse me tonight being a must win uh tomorrow or excuse me friday night is going to be a must win as well johnny isn't every game a must win game uh you get you got to roll into this one with the same mentality you have to um I, i'd like to see them take a little bit of notes from what they did in the third period johnny and, and say hey we can score goals in bunches on these guys um, you know, they, they proved it tonight. They have the ability to beat this team. If you put together three periods like you had in the third period, uh, you know, you could see a really strong effort out of this Hawks team come bury the Nashville Predators. That's what I want to see happen. Uh, we haven't gotten enough wins against Nashville this year. Uh, I would like to celebrate a second one. Man, the victory beers just taste sweeter. So let's fucking do it again. This is their first outright win against Nashville this season. It's crazy that it's taken this long uh, to get to that point, but uh, that's just where we are. And kind of the struggles kind of totally encompasses what they've struggled with so far this season and just the style that Nashville plays that negates uh, a lot of what they were able to do against other teams to find success. So uh, absolutely, I want to be celebrating another victory on Friday night, and they need it. It's crucial. If they want to stay alive, they need it. So um, absolutely. And I think they can take a page out of Nashville's book when we're talking about just you know keys to 
Friday's game, and that is attacking the middle of the ice. You absolutely need to um, because they're going to try and force you out no matter what. In Nashville, they kind of bull rush you. They, they really do. Once they get in the zone, they have a one-track mind towards the net. So we need someone like Kirby Doc. You need a Brandon Hagel. You need Vinny Hinnestrosa with the speed. Like, fuck it, I'm just going to go and, you know, barrel right past you and get to the net. And, hey, if it goes in, that's, you know, obviously the goal. But if not, you're at least applying that pressure and making them uh, come out and uh, defend you a little bit earlier. And maybe that opens up a, a pass for you uh, for someone else driving towards the net. So that, that would be my one little tactical adjustment here. Let's get a stick to click preview for uh, who's getting it done on Friday night. Stick to click. I'm going with Dominic Kubelik, man. I want to see it just fucking crank it one more time. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to go with Alex Dabrinkit. Uh, it's kind of weird to like see a game in which Alex Dabrinkit doesn't score uh, because he has just been all over this, uh, you know, uh, goal sheet this year. But uh, I'll go with him. And if you're going to do it, you probably need to convert on some power plays too. That's one thing that we kind of skimmed yeah, over a little bit. But Blackhawks 0 for 4. Uh, they had a four minute, you know, on a double minor when Dabrinkit got whacked up in the uh, lip and was bleeding. So they were they didn't look good at all on that. They I don't even think they had a shot. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't. I did not see one uh, that I can you know forcibly remember here so uh they, they will need that going and I think Alistair Brinkett is the guy to do it on the power play so that's about all I've got final thought for this one then we can wrap it up yeah final thoughts I, I did want to touch on that power play a little bit Johnny uh you know fucking you got to be able to generate some scoring opportunities on that thing. If, if, if you're going to continue to play that style of hockey, it just felt like with Nashville, uh, you called it the Nashville trap when we were talking uh, via text message during the game, it just felt lifeless. It almost felt like the Blackhawks were playing a better five on five style of hockey against the Nashville predators. It should have been able to generate some scoring chances and at least get in the zone and establish some solid offensive opportunities uh, and it just seemed like during that at that four minute power play, uh, they were just completely lifeless. It almost took the momentum away from the Blackhawks uh, is what it felt like. Uh, obviously, the uh, the Hawks were able to maintain that momentum, take this thing to overtime and put it away. But you don't want to see power plays take the wind out of the sails of anybody. So if there's anything to go to work on, definitely the power play uh, for uh, for this next game up against Nashville. Yeah, uh, you're going to need to because we've seen so many games in which special teams are the difference uh, between it, whether that's, you know, allowing other teams to score on it and having a weak penalty kill or if it's just not taking advantage of the opportunities the other team gives you. So um, absolutely need to find a way to break that kind of trap uh, in the middle and get it and get set up. Uh, they were able to score a goal on Monday night, um, so they need to kind of channel that uh, again for Friday night because you can't go another one and expect to win. If you're going if you get four chances, you got to at least convert on one of them, I would say. Uh, and hopefully more than that, you'd open for a better percentage even than that. So oh, yeah, that that's about all we've got here, though, for the Four Feathers postgame show. Once again, Blackhawks defeat the Predators in emphatic fashion, comeback fashion, 5-4 overtime victory. Uh, keep their season alive, uh, keep themselves in the race here for this fourth spot in the Central Division. Miracle on Madison is what we're calling this one. Thank you to all that tuned in here on the live. And if you listen on the podcast form, which will go up very shortly here. So uh, before we get out of here, make sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can find us on social media at Four Feathers Pod and at ONTAP Sportsnet. If you enjoy the podcast, go subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. So, Tony, that does it for this one. Three words, get us out of here. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go, Hawks.